Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 718. If you'd like to have a copy, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They are free, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the Lord today for you, as always. I've got some music and letters, but right now, I want to pray and pray with me that this will be a very enlightening message directly from the Lord in heaven and in your hearts. Hopefully he's in your hearts. Lord God, Father God, praise your holy name. Lord, uh, anoint this program. Let it be uh, something that is uh, very tasty, something very uh, wonderful from heaven for everyone to hear and to receive and to do. Lord, that um, this world can be brought to salvation quickly because the time is very, now is very short. Uh, the Apostle Paul and Peter and all the different apostles stated that the it's the end time, and we must be very quick to receive the gospel. That was almost 2,000 years ago, Father, and now it's much later in the day. And let everyone grasp onto this today, because the time is near. You're standing at the door of the kingdom of heaven, are ready to come back to earth again. Lord, we ask that you do all these things in the mighty name of of Jesus that you rebuke and bind Satan as we bind him and rebuke him here on earth and resist him steadfastly that we may have the victory. Lord, open doors for your children, uh, all your children, and heal all your children. And make all your children prosperous and heal all your children in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, here I am uh, uh, to sing for you, I Believe. Yeah. 
gradually or see the sky then I know why I believe every time I hear a newborn baby cry or touch a leaf or see the sky, then I know why I, I believe. That's what the story is. If you believe, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you believe, then you'll keep God's commandments. He said the person, through the apostle um, John, the person that says that they believe in me, that they love me, and they don't keep my commandments, they're liars. And the truth is not in them. Now, this is very offensive to a lot of people, but uh, we don't worry about uh, these offenses to people what you must be concerned about is that you don't offend God. And if you say you love him and keep not his commandments, well, you're just a stone-cold liar according to God. And God is always right, you know. Uh, you're a stone-cold liar, a bald-faced liar, whatever kind of liar. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. Now we're at, uh, I'm going to reiterate a little bit here on chapter 2 of First um, John. My little children, chapter 2, verse 1. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. Well, because the Lord came to save us from sins, and uh, because no sin can enter the kingdom of heaven. But, uh, and a lot of people take these scriptures and twist them to mean something that they don't mean at all. Like, if you sin, if you're really serving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then you make, uh, you do a sin, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, an attorney, with the Father, and that attorney is Jesus. Like if you make a sin of ignorance, you didn't know it was sin, and Satan starts saying, uh, you do something that was uh, horribly wrong, it's a sin. Not any um, sin unto death, but a sin that is of ignorance not homosexuality or lesbianism because um, after you've known the Lord and then you go back to that, that's, you're done. But I'm talking about a sin of ignorance. You told somebody something and it didn't come to pass or you really believed something so much that you prophesied something 
and it was not of the Lord. That kind of sin, if any man sin, we have an advocate, an attorney. Lord, I didn't know. I'm not going to open my big mouth anymore. I'm not going to do, uh, forgive me. Forgive me for this one. But you know, Lord, I love you. I'm keeping all of your commandments. And I, I uh, this is a sin of ignorance. And then it says, oh, we have a, an attorney that will take care of a sin like that with the Father, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, the righteous. Because Jesus is the righteous one. What makes him righteous? Well, because he became sin for us. He never sinned before in his entire life. And then he, like a lamb, went to the cross for us. That's where we were supposed to go. We were to go to hell, but he became sin for us. All of our sins went upon him. And therefore, uh, he bought us with his blood. Well, I didn't want him to buy me with his blood, you may say. Well, then fine, he will not. Uh, it's your choice. The price that he paid is there. If you serve him, you're saved. If you don't, you will not be saved. And he will not forgive the sin of deliberate disobedience or rejection. Verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins of ignorance. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Well, even the people that crucified him, they were ignorant at that time as to who he was. And so he says, in their ignorance, okay, if they come to me and they repent, and that's what it's talking about up above, too. If you repent, he forgives sins. But if you don't repent, well, forget about it. Um, the Lord came to save sinners, but if sinners uh, continue sinning, they're not saved. There's no other way that you can cut that because the entire whole rest of the Bible says the same thing. And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him. How do we know that we know the Lord? Well, the answer is right here. We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Do you keep his commandments? Well, no, I don't keep his commandments that I said. Well, you have to repent or you're going to perish. Forever in hell on the lake of fire. Verse 4. Well, but I believe I'm a good person, really. You know, I mean, don't have to do all this stuff. You know, I get uh, drunk. I get loaded. I go out and have sex here and there. And I, once in a while, I'm, uh, you know, bisexual. I'll do something with men and something with women. Verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth, Jesus is the way, the truth in the life. And the truth, Jesus, is not in him. If Christ is not in you, forget about going to the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word. Now, do you think God's going to forgive the sins of a person if they don't repent? 
Huh? No. No, he won't. So that's where these people get into it by twisting these scriptures to mean something that they don't mean at all. Verse 5. But whoso keepeth the Lord's word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Those who keep the word of God. You don't keep the word of God? Verily, there is no love of God in you, let alone love of God perfected in you. Verse, uh, hereby know we that we are in him. We know we're in him uh, if we keep his word. In him, verily, is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in Christ. Verse 6, he that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as Christ walked. You mean to say that we have to be just like Christ? Yes, because for his body, he lives in us. If you don't walk like Christ walked, if you don't, uh, if you don't feel his presence leading, guiding, directing you, then who are you? Uh, you're led by every wind of doctrine, every uh, satanic television program and book and magazine, and your eyes can't wait to look at something that you know you shouldn't. He that saith he abides in Christ, you think that Christ is ogling sex and, and filth and naked nudity and things like that? Ought himself also so to walk even as Christ walked. Verse 7, brethren, I write no new commandment. This is nothing new. Don't think that uh, I'm changing things here, that you can commit sin now just because I said that the Lord forgives the sin of ignorance. And he's not talking about deliberate ignorance. Because there's no such thing. People fake it all the time I like that. But you remember one thing. Uh, you, the Lord is not walking in you. You're not walking as he walked. Brethren, I write no, nothing new to you. These are all, the whole Bible says these things is what he's saying. I write no com a new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. Okay. Which thing is true in him. This is a new commandment that's in Christ. And in you. It's already in you. So it's really not new. Because the darkness is past. You're no longer walking in the night, not knowing where you're going. And the true light now shineth. Verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth and you hate your brother is in darkness even until now. Because hatred is the same thing as murder. 
He that saith that he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Well, is it okay to hate people? Well, yeah, if they're not your brother and they're doing things that are ungodly, I hate the things they're doing. You know, a lot of people believe that, you know, if you let your brother do anything that he wants, that you really love him. A lot of people believe, uh, even ministers, uh, you know, they say they're of the gospel, but they really have this all turned around. He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother. In other words, you just let him go to hell. You don't warn him about anything. You don't warn your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers. Yeah, your brothers in Christ in the church, and you see them doing all kinds of things in the church that you know are wrong, you don't report them to the pastor, that's hate. Uh, I mean, just because you grit your teeth and, uh, you know, bite your fingernail like they do in Italy and uh, bite their hand and give you a dirty look. No, you hate is to not present the gospel to your brother. If you see him that is uh, falling away and you don't say any words that would encourage him to be, continue being a brother, that's hating a person. So, see, you really need to know how to rightly divide the word of God because love is uh, keeping God's commandments to preach the word, to teach the word to the your brothers and sisters to report any satanic uh, thing going on inside the church or with uh, any of the people in the church. He that says that he's in the light, Jesus rebuked and reproved people. He actually even loved people so much that he took a whip and he went into the house of God and started whipping people out of there so that they knew they were doing something wrong. What is that with this guy? He's coming in here turning the tables over and beating us. Many people preach that Jesus lost it. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, he didn't have a temper tantrum. What it was is he fashioned a whip. He made it. It took time to do. He wanted to really give it to him good to show them the love of God, because you cannot make the house of God a place of merchandise. And so if he wouldn't have done anything about it, there's all kinds of people doing every kind of thing in the world inside of the church, and no one is saying anything about it. So you're still walking in darkness if you're not saying anything about it, especially to the pastor. You're not walking in the light. He that you may say you're in the light, but if you don't uh, keep the word of God so deep inside of you that you hate to see your brother falling away, or you see your brother walking in darkness, and you're not going to do anything to jog his imagination that's going to jog him back into the word of God, what are you? According to God, you're still walking in darkness. You're walking in darkness. I mean, you're just walking with Satan. 
So people say, he really hates me because he rebukes me. I'm trying to take over the church and he rebukes me for it. If I didn't, then I would really hate your guts. I would just let you go to hell. Somebody that's disobedient, I mean, you tell them, come on, let's go down and take some pictures and do this and that, and they don't even come. Well, I send you back to Arkansas. That's love, okay, folks? That's love. Nobody wants to be hated. All these people that hate their brothers, they just, oh, brother, you know, okay, well, that's just his way. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's never going to say, that's his personality. No, this is not a personality contest, folks. This is keeping God's commandments. He that says he's in the light and doesn't, uh, he sees his brother doing something wrong, the brother in the Lord, and the brother's doing it ignorantly, and you haven't got the guts to tell him. You're still in darkness. You're still walking in darkness, even to right now. Verse 10, he that loveth his brother. In other words, uh, he's abiding in the light because if you love your brother and you see him in a fault, you're going to do something about it. You cannot just sit there or walk by and say, oh, well, oh, well. This is the attitude of the world. Oh, well. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. That isn't the Lord, though. Love is the keeping of God's commandments. He that loveth his brother abides in Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. And it says, abideth in the light, abides in Jesus. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Uh, if you're concerned about people's souls, the Lord will be concerned about your soul. But if you don't care, and if you see somebody in a fault and you start railing on them instead of telling them, look, I've told you, uh, you know, a hundred times or more, and I've told the whole congregation these things, and yet you keep doing that. We had a man that um, he would ape people while they're in the pulpit. And there's just the baby Christians and young people that really don't know the right thing. They just, instead of just reporting them after the service so that I can show the love of Christ by telling them, hey, if you keep doing that, I mean, if you do it anymore, I'm not going to let you in the pulpit again. I'm going to love you. I'm going to reprove you. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to chasten you. I won't let you get up there and expound because I have the love, the light of the world in me. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. You're not going to cause me to stumble. If you're doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you. And if it offends you, then get out. Because I'm not going to have you fashion me into your image and likeness because I don't like your image and likeness. I don't like the image and likeness of anybody in the world. 
I love the image and likeness of the Lord. I love the image and likeness of Jesus. No amen? See how dead these people are, folks? They're dead. They don't say, yeah, that's the way I feel too by saying amen. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. There's no way that he can stumble. Verse 11, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness. Because how could you, if you're in the light, not use the word of God hmm? to bring a brother up the way that the, the Bible says? And if a brother says, uh, or you think he's a brother, and you say, look at you're sitting here, brother, and everything, he says, hey, don't bother me. I don't want to be bothered. Oh, you report that one to the pastor, and the pastor will really love him the pastor will put him out of the church because, you know, you can allow people to be in the church and they do things wrong and you bring the light to them, the word of God, and then they shape up. But if they just continue on, I don't want to be battered. He hates me because they are hateful. They're not in the light and they don't understand true love. But he that ha hates his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness has blinded his eyes. You are so much of Satan that uh, you can't see. Uh, you can't see eye to eye with the Lord, the word of God. The word of God is rubbish to you. No matter how many times you get rebuked, you just keep coming on. You just keep coming on and coming on. And pretty soon, you know, the Lord has allowed you to do that for a while. Because, you know, the first time you did it, and the second time after I reproved you, you just kept coming on. I wanted to throw you out then, but the Lord said for me to suffer a little bit longer Maybe he or she will shape up. But there comes a time when the Lord tells me, that's it, they've gone too far, put them out. For their soul's sake, put them out where Satan is uh, in the world, uh, to that their flesh might be destroyed, that their souls be saved. Doesn't the Bible say that? And then in the book of Revelation, John is given a rod, which is the Bible, a measuring rod, to measure people up in the church. And so we're not to be just yank them out of the church the first offense they do, but you tell them for once, twice, three times, four, up a hundred times, and they still don't shape enough. Uh, it's because the darkness has blinded their eyes. And I am accused sometimes of being harsh when actually I have suffered people to be in the church for years and never did anything. But finally, when they, they, the Lord tells me they've gone too far, put them out. I do. Verse 12, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. 
What does that mean? If your sins are forgiven, that you can keep sinning some more? Absolutely not. <laughs> it says, in other words, you're clean. Like, you know, these, uh, the police, they frisk you and they say, he's clean. That means you don't have any weapons on you. Okay, but when the Lord says you're clean, then you don't have any sin on your soul. And through John, he says, I write unto you, little children, because we're all little children, no matter how old we are, because your sins are forgiven you. You're clean for his name's sake. You did it because of his name's sake. Well, what's his name's sake? His name is the word of God. And the word of God created everything. Verse 13, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Who is from the beginning? God is an uncreated God. He was never created. There's no beginning of him and there's no end to him. I write unto you, young men. Well, it says in the beginning was the word. Well, the, but it still says that he has no beginning and no ending. So in the beginning, as far as we know, see, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Well, now, there, then, which one is the wicked one? Satan? Amen? Amen. So you've overcome the devil, if that means the wicked one. That means you don't sin anymore. Because you've overcome anyone that you, uh, if you were overcome by Satan, well, then you happen to be his prisoner. You're in his prison house again. You've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. Verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. Does that mean physically strong? No, it means spiritually strong. And the word of God lives in you, abides or lives in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. You young men have even overcome him. Does that mean uh, young people can overcome the devil? Yes, indeed. Because with Christ, you're safe evermore. In other words, with the word of God, you're safe evermore. You're anchored in the haven of rest. You'll sail the wide seas and the wild seas no more. Because you're safe in Christ Jesus. You're Anchored, in other words, you can't go this way or that way because Christ is the anchor to your soul. Verse 15, love not the world. Commandment, don't love the world. It's a commandment. Do not love this world. Do not love the things of this world. Well, I hate that, man. My little girl and my little boy like to go to there and there and here, everywhere. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
What's that? Basketball, baseball, football, Disneyland, Seven Flags. Well, you, if you love that, well, then what? How could you love the Lord? I mean, the Lord uh, wants us to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. But if you love the world, because it says don't love the world, neither the things in the, that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, wait a minute. That's a little harsh. We're living here in Disney World, Disneyland, Disney this, Disney that, flying elephants, talking giraffes, uh, ducks, talk dogs, dwarfs. I don't, I've seen dwarfs talking. For all, everything that is in the world, for all that is in the world, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Well, Jesus, didn't he go to Disneyland? Did he go to Magic Mountain? Well, wait, that's harsh. If you love your child, train them in the way that they should go. I can't stand it, you know, like uh, when they're little kids, uh, they want to go someplace. What I do is I show them that I don't have any love for that whatsoever. I'll find a very cold, cool place, like a restaurant or something on the compound. And I'll sit in there until they get all the love of the world out of them for that day. And some even want to stay all night if they could. But the love of the Father is not in them. But um, it's not of the Father, but of the world. Verse 17. And the world is going to pass away. The Lord passes away in the lust thereof. Then what are you going to do? When there's no Disney World, no Disneyland, no Magic Mountain, no Seven Flags, no basketball, baseball, football. And the world passes away. All the people during before the flood, they, that's what they like to do. They like to go places. They like to see the games, sports. They love to see the lions killing Christians, people that love the Lord. That's lust, to see somebody die. See the lust of the eyes. I want to see. That's the way they think, these murderers. And people try to examine their brains to see what makes this person's brain different. It's no different at all. It's just that this person doesn't have the love of the Father. He hasn't accepted Christ. Christ is not in The light of the world is not in But the lust of the world is in them. And eventually, children that are raised with the lust of the world are going to do things that are wrong. The young girls are out committing fornication, having babies and murdering them. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God 
is going to abide in heaven forever. Could you give up Disneyland, Disney World, Seven Flags, Magic Mountain for that? Well, no, I love to go to those places. I get excited. My little pea-picking heart just starts racing the closer I get to the different uh, compound. Well, mine doesn't. A lot of times, you know, I, uh, they think, yeah, that's a holy that you go to those places. It isn't holy. It's a waste of time. And the world passes away. It's a waste of time because the world is going to burn up. It's a waste of time. And the lust thereof is going to burn up. It's a waste of time. But he that doeth the will of God is going to live on in heaven forever. Don't you want to see your little children go there? Point them to Jesus. Make the Bible exciting to them. Get these storyboards uh, where it shows Jesus and the being born in a manger and uh, the wise man and teach them that way. I'm glad when I was a kid, we didn't have Disneyland, Disney World, uh, television. In Montana, we didn't have television uh, until I was in my 20s. But I wasn't there any longer in Montana. I left for the Navy when I was 16. But I thank God that there wasn't any uh, TV there. God. And when I first saw it in San Diego when I got uh, in the Navy... I turned around immediately. I couldn't stand it. It was flickering. It was black and white. It was ugly. And there wasn't anything on television that interested me. Verse 18. And I wasn't even saved. Little children. Verse 18. It is the last time. In other words, the very last time. This is almost 2,000 years ago. And they were saying it's the end of time then. But now that you see all the plagues coming down on earth, shouldn't people shaping up pretty quick now? Yes. Huh? Don't yes. you think so? Huh? Little children, it is the last time. It's the end of time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Uh, well, let me tell you something he's saying. Even now are there many Antichrists because there's many Christians, too. Now, the Christians, every true Christian, uh, that is, the, uh, they were one body, because they're the body of Christ. And it takes many antichrists to make up the antichrist. It's one body of people that are uh, wicked and evil. Even now, he says, back there around 2,000 years ago, there are many antichrists, whereby... We know that it is the end of time. It is the last time. Well, how much more is it the last time now, 2,000 years later? That's why Satan has all these enjoyments, worldly enjoyments to distract you. And get your mind off the Lord. When the Bible says that we're supposed to pray without ceasing, how are you going to do that on the roller coaster? How are you going to do that at the hot dog stand and uh, all the whirly planes and all the different things they got over there, the choo-choo trains? 
And how are you going to be doing that when Pluto comes up to you and wants to talk to you or Mickey Mouse? These are the last times. The end of time, man. Wake up. Oh, look, I mean, you know, there's no Disney World, Disneyland, Magic Mountain, Seven Flags back there in the time of Jesus. Paul never thought of such a thing. When I was a kid, I never saw I thought of such a thing. When the fair came into town, I'd go and work there. I worked at the different uh, stands to make money because in Helena, Montana, uh, the pickings were pretty slim. You could hear the wolf howling at the door most of the time. Hungry. Verse 19. They went out from us, these antichrists. They left the church. They went out away from They went away from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, continued on with us. But they went out, these false Christians, beware of false Christians, but these false Christians, they went out from away from us that they might be made known. They might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They're not Christians. Why would they leave the church and then be called in by the Antichrist government to bear false witness against me or any other Christian if they were not Antichrist? Well, it's plain here that uh, Antichrists are people that are pretending to be Christians or that were Christians. See, they were not all of us, but some were of us, and they went away. Just like the angels in heaven were, they were of the Lord back then. But then Satan got into their face and started telling them things that were lies, and they were uh, not all of us. Now, the angel, one-third of the angels in heaven fell. Why? So that they could be made manifest. They could be known that they were not all of us. Verse 20, but you have an unction, the Holy Spirit. You have an unction in you from the Holy One, and you know all things. Picture back, you know, when there was no electricity or anything, or uh, these gay lights, gay lights. And New York wasn't lit up. Seven Flags, Disney World, Disneyland, uh, Magic Mountain wasn't all lit up. All it is is a stinking piece of ground that was uh, orange groves, and they uh, put up this facade to attract people with all the lights. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. And that's what I want. I don't want any of these other things. I don't love the world. You do? That's your problem, not mine. I have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I do know all things. And you don't. You know baseball, basketball, football, soccer, distractions, boxing, wrestling. 
Verse 21, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye do know it, and that no lie, no kind of lie, is of the truth, is of the Lord. Verse 22, who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Well, we don't deny it. Or if you love the world, you're denying that Jesus is the Christ. If you sin, you're denying it. Because the Lord says, if you sin, you're going to hell. And you're saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're a liar. You're not saying, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the word of God, the Christ. Now, the word of God says, love not the world. He is antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Well, how do we not? You don't keep the word of God. You read what it says, and then you don't do it. That's denying the Father and the Son. Because he said there's no way or no cotton-picking way that you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven if you don't keep Every jot and tittle until I come. Verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the word of God, the same hath not the Father. But he that... That's harsh. I don't, we don't want to hear that. Go to some other... So go to some other church. Go to a cult. Go to the Catholic cult. They'll tell you that you can light a candle... Where you can say a holy Mary, Mother of God, and all this garbage, or Our Father, or ring some bells, or whatever, or give some money, and that'll save your soul. Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Word of God, the Son, has the Father also. Verse 24, let that therefore abide in you. Let what? That, the word of God, Christ, the Father, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Well, so it's uh, impossible to enter into the kingdom of heaven if you don't remain in the word of God and the word of God remain in you. That's silly. We're women. We're kids. We don't want this. We don't to get out of my church because I don't like you. Anyone that doesn't love the Lord, I don't like you. And you don't like me. So we're, uh, but... I want to abide and continue in the Son and in the Father. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I was in Wyndham, Montana. There wasn't even one light in that town. Alyssa was inside the house. There were no street lights, nothing. And I thought, God, this is really something. And I could see the stars, the sun, the moon, and the, during the day, the sun, and all these things. And everything was like crude. It was like, Nothing was there except me and uh, uh, the nature, the things that God made with his word. And uh, that's the way I liked it. I just really loved it. I did not miss, because I didn't know anything about, 
baseball, football, basketball, uh, the forum, Disneyland, Seven Flags, Magic Mountain. Didn't know anything about that crud. And I was so happy. And I've never been happy going to those places because I remember the peace and the tranquility of not knowing those things. Verse 25, and this is the promise that he hath promised. Now, there's so many con artists in the world, it's hard for you to believe anybody's promise, but you better believe the Lord's promise. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Well, you don't even know if that's all. Eternal life, that's life forever. Yes, and he also promises eternal death in hell. Never die, but always dying. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Seducing spirits like those today that are seducing spirits, the Bible says, that forbid you to marry when you reach puberty. Don't you know that the whole entire world is governed by Satan? Unless you are governed by the word of God, you have to come out and be saved. Come out of the world and come into Christ. Well, we have some letters. This is um, that uh, to read to you. And uh, so uh, where's the first letter from? From Suyana. I'm going to take this up uh, tomorrow. Or the next message, all right? Because I'm just about out of time. So where's this one from? From Suyana, Peru. Okay. Brother Pastor Tony Alamo, God bless you greatly. I thank God for the blessing of having him on this earth. Thanks to you and the literature that you send us, many people are now saved by the blood of Jesus. Everyone here in Suyana send their greetings. We are a little bit worried because we have not received literature here in Suyana. Well, that's a strange thing. The mailroom, get with it. And get the, the mail to get them loads of uh, literature immediately. What else? Brother, we are waiting for your literature so that we can distribute them. We have visitation rights to the jails, hospitals, markets, colleges, and we are lacking literature. Please send them to us. We continue preaching the word of God with the help of your prayers and the literature that you send us. God bless you. Please ship in packages of five kilos because we always have problems with the taxation. Blessings in the love of the Lord. I ask that you pray for all the Tony Lamo Ministry Churches in Suyana, Peru. Andre Silva from Suyana, Peru. All right. Do you have another one? We've only a few more seconds here. Yes. From the Democratic Republic of Congo. Dear World Pastor Lamo, before all, I am honored to address my warmest greetings to you and all your New Jerusalem Christian families which are in your flock. I have written to you several times. Pastor Lamo, without trying to flatter you, you are in the footsteps of Christ, because you not only are preaching, but you are also teaching those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ by giving them a place to live. This is different from those who want to make themselves rich by using the word of God to subjugate God's children who are inexperienced. Reverend World Pastor, it is our duty to teach the children of God to overcome trials by bearing their crosses as our Lord Jesus Christ bore his. As the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. My heart has attached itself to yours to receive the knowledge of the word of God again, because I am still young in the ministry of the gospel. 
Reverend Pastor, thank you for the world newsletters you sent to me last year. I'm asking you to send me the newsletters, The Road to Power, The Pope's Secrets, a Thomas yeah, Bible. Don't, don't read all of them, just a whole bunch of different literature because we're out of time. Yes, sir. Sincerely, Pastor Lama, your newsletters are helping me to preach at the church, and God is changing the lives of his children. Pastor, please pray a lot for me. Thank you in advance. Your very dear Pastor Lama, your brother, Exode Mopende, from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay, our time for this program is over, <clears throat> and so it's time to pray now. You know, the world is so deceptive. Uh, the Lord says to keep our eyes on him, to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, to really give him everything that we have. And so that's why he says don't love the world, because anybody that loves the world is not of the Father. Amen? Amen. And so you've got a bunch of facades, like a circus thing. Uh, some people got an idea to make a lot of lights and uh, pretty colors and stuff, and you're attracted to them just like bugs are attracted to lights. But you can't be a bug and enter into the kingdom of heaven. Put away all these things and say this prayer to the Lord. And when you say the prayer, mean it because it's uh, a lifestyle now. You're going to become a new creature. Uh, to put the world away and uh, put on Christ, put him into you. Say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. In the sense of ignorance, of course. Um, Lord, I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father and Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore... I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands to praise and thank the Lord for it, and keep praising and thanking him, and keep reading. Now share and tell the, our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 718. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, this is World Pastor Tony Lama saying make sure to tune in tomorrow for another straight and narrow instruction. This is the only way you can get into heaven. And... um you know, when you go to heaven, you're not going to take Disney World with you, Magic Mountain, or any of these uh, different places. You're not going to see any boxing, wrestling, uh, baseball, basketball, um, all these different um, ball games. So you can't take anything with you. And this is myself here to sing it for you. You can't take one penny with you. You can't take it with you where you're going. Traffic 
stuck in a turmoil by the sidewalk Somewhere someone left to meet their fate Other people stand around and just talk When they could do more than just obey Everybody's sweating about the dollar Yelling penny saved his penny How's it gonna help them when they holler If it sends them to a place to burn You can't take it with you where you're going There's no place to spend it either way You might as well get satisfaction knowing Someone had a little brighter day Help somebody turn a tear to laughter Need some air return along your way There's no social standings in hereafter Everybody dies the same old way You can't take it with you where you're going There's no place to spend it either way Might as well get satisfaction nowhere Someone had a little brighter day When you help somebody before you You can't shuck the Lord now, don't you know Helping others can be fun to feel Cause you can't take it with you when you go No, you can't take it with you when you go